Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. My name is Scott North. I am the sales manager for TO Live. TO Live manages the three City of Toronto theatres, Meridian Hall in the St. Lawrence Centre downtown and Meridian Arts Centre uptown. My responsibility is to get private, non-ticketed special events into all three venues. We were about to launch the special event studio podcast when COVID-19 hit. Because we are now living in a different world, we want to get some perspective from my colleagues in the event industry and how they are managing. Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. As always, I'm here with our trusty producer, Will Cook. Will, how are you doing today? I'm good, Scott. Good to have you aboard, as always. Uh, I know that I repeat this uh, on, on every podcast episode, but uh, Will is our social media specialist when we are in our regular time. Um, in these uh, interesting pandemic times, Will's picked up the, the producer role on this podcast and uh, does kind of make sure we're doing well on the tech. What's new these days, Will? Um, not a... Not a ton of stuff going on in the world, just a lot of political unrest, which is a little upsetting to talk about, really. But Certainly disheartening to see recurring instances of, of the stuff that's going on. I, I, I don't know what this what's happening with this world. Yeah, it seems like this uh, pandemic's made everyone a little stir crazy, and uh, I guess people are just getting more riled up, but it really doesn't excuse anything that's going on down south. Ab- absolutely not. But as you say, this pandemic, I, the, the, I, I wonder, and Will, heck, you might even be able to tell me this, but is, it, is there such thing as a COVID brain? Because what I find interesting now is, is on a couple of different times, I've, I've gone to, like, I, I've been with Sony Center, which became Meridian Hall, which is run by TO Live. I've been there for 10 years and have, have done hundreds of site inspections. Um, and I could rattle off capacities for all of our different spaces. And somebody the other day said, how many people can fit into Meridian Hall? I was stumped. I, I, I could not think of it. Like, do you, do you think that, uh, you know, as we were doing stuff differently, we're not having to recall different pieces of information that we did in the past on a regular basis. It's, it's, I, I call it COVID brain. Think there's any validity to that? Yeah, I definitely, and, I, and I'm, you know, Maybe as a younger person, I can actually agree with what you're saying. I, I also have those moments where I've kind of just forgotten things or, or like I find the biggest thing is, is timing, right? Things seem to pass. Time seems to pass differently. Like uh, sure. days blur into one and then weekends are ignored because you're always at home and you're always almost always a, a weekend, it seems like. Um, so there's definitely something to be said about that. And, you know, another thing that... I've experienced personally, and I think many other people can agree with me is, is, you know, the social aspect of it all, you know, being distant and away from people for a very long period of time, like, are we going to be able to socialize the same way? Or, or, you know, even even just the limited social engagement engagements I have had. Um, it, it's, it's like, it's like, I'm, I'm meeting people for the first time again, and it's hard to talk to them even though these are people I would have known for, you know, friends of mine, I would have known for years at a time. It's like a new experience because I'm, I'm 
refiguring out how to talk to people and relearning how to socialize, you know, certain yeah. things aren't acceptable anymore. You got to wear a mask, you know, you got to bump elbows instead of shaking hands or you, you can't hug people. It's, it's just a, a really different experience from a social standpoint. So I definitely think, you know, we're going to come out of this uh, or, you know, continue to feel this way, this kind of, you know, this COVID brain where things just don't, aren't really the same as they used to be. Um, okay. So I, I ask you, and then thanks a lot, Will, for bringing up the fact that you are younger than I am. Um, <laughs> you, you never pass an opportunity to let me, to remind me of that. Um, but you are younger than I am. And I, I do, you're, you're, you're a lot smarter than I am as well, because you seem to know a lot about a lot of things. Um, if, if, so if you're supposed to bump elbows, you, you cannot say do a fist bump, you're supposed to bump elbows. That uh, yeah, that's that's like the, uh, and I feel like fist bumping is also probably okay. I know like Howie Mandel is is kind of uh, well known at least for his his germophobia, and then that's his preferred method of interacting with people. Um, fist bump. The fist bump, yeah, because apparently it's minimal contact, and that should be okay. If anything, that's better than the elbow touch because you got to get pretty close when you touch elbows with someone. Um, whereas a fist pump, you can just extend your arm all the way out, and that's you know that's almost. Right you know, two arms extended, that's pretty much six feet. So. Well, that's, that's good news because that's my preferred method now. Um, so thanks, Will. Yeah. And I will say for the record that, uh, Meridian Hall, the full capacity is 3,191. The orchestra is 2,146. The mezzanine and balcony is 1,045. With the mid-house curtain, you could have 1,173. And if you only had the front section, in front of the cross aisle, that's 299. See, Scott, you still got it. Yes. <laughs> still okay. sharp. I did have to read that. <laughs> Today for our episode number 15 of the podcast, Special Events Studio COVID Conversations, I'm kind of excited. We have a couple of people from Steam Whistle Brewing, the wedding and social event sales manager, Sonia Borkar and the Corporate Event Sales Manager, Liz McKenna. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We're delighted to be here. So happy to be here, Scott. Thanks. Well, great great to have you both. Um, this, this is an exciting one for me for two reasons. Steam Whistle, I do have an affinity to beer, so it's great to have somebody from Steam Whistle here. And, and both of you are right in my wheelhouse with social event sales, corporate event sales. That's kind of what I do over at uh, TO Live. So... Uh, Great to have you. I'm going to hope to steal some uh, secrets from you today. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start with, with uh, well, I'll ask you both a question. So before, Steam Whistle Brewing, uh, you both you both work out of the Roundhouse? Yes. Yeah, before uh, before everything shut down, we were both working out of the Roundhouse. Okay, so, so Sonia, with weddings and social events, you're looking to get all of those in like how many how many event spaces do you have? Tell us a little bit about what you did before the pandemic. So I'm actually fairly new to the Steam Whistle team. I started in January. Um, we have five event spaces um, currently. So we have our Pilsner Hall, our new premium uh, venue, which is Locomotive Hall that opened last spring. We have our beer garden restaurant. We also have more intimate spaces in our gallery and mezzanine space. And we had no shortage of leads uh, before this started. So on an average weekend, we could see between 40 and 50 leads come in. 
So definitely one of the busiest venues I've ever experienced. Awesome. So, so like a wedding, what's a typical wedding setup? There, there's, there's one space that you can have, how, how many would be the max I could have a wedding there? So you could have two weddings simultaneously. Uh, We're really fortunate in the fact that we have completely separate entrances, completely separate washroom facilities, uh, completely separate dedicated staff to each uh, event facility. So technically, in terms of an average size wedding, I would say Pilsner Hall is our sweet spot is about 150 people. Um, and then for locomotive hall, we can go up to 300, but I would say 250 to 275 is sort of the sweet spot there. They both have patio spaces. So in Pilsner, you get to have an outdoor wedding ceremony at the foot of the CN tower, um, locomotive hall, which is our sort of newer, more premium space. You also have the patio, but we gear that more towards, um, cocktails and after dinner mingling and keep the ceremony inside. And, and Liz on the corporate side, you, you fill those, all those five spaces with corporate. Oh, I definitely try to. (laughs) So I've actually, I've been with the brewery for about eight years now and, uh, I was part of the team that was part of the construction of the locomotive hall back through 2018 and 2019. So prior to 2019, when we built this big, beautiful locomotive hall space, we were hosting around 250 to 300 corporate events a year, which really ranged from trade shows to marketing events, to launches, car shows. Of course, you had all kinds of networking sessions. But with that locomotive hall opening up, it really started to expand the size and the scope of what we could host. And I think it was maybe even two weeks before we were supposed to be officially opened, we already had two events booked and slotted in. uh, So we opened a little bit early for them. So it's been, it was quite busy in 2019 and we were really looking forward to um, a really great 2020. But um, with the new space, we're actually now able to host these massive roundhouse buyouts where we combine the locomotive hall with the beer garden, with the Pilsner Hall gallery and mezzanine. And we can get up to a uh, thousand to almost 2000 people indoors for one single event. The brewery, is it, is that always in operation? So the brewery is always in operation. However, majority of our brewery operations now take place out of Evans Avenue. Okay. Um, there's a second property there, which is, um, focused on production, which is why we were able to open up the locomotive hall. Uh, That used to be where a lot of the bottling happened previously, but we relocated everything to Etobicoke and have more sort of dedicated event space. So one of the things I've heard people say on site visits is, oh, wow, it doesn't smell like a brewery. And it's like, yes, because the majority of the production doesn't actually happen here anymore, which is a great selling for feature sure. for events. So, so I, I've been on a couple of those tours. You can no longer do those tours where you go through there? We definitely do the tours, uh, but it's in like a smaller concentrated area. And we have a catwalk where you sort of observe the production area from over top. Uh, so there's still a little bit of production happening out of there, but not as much as uh, two years ago. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, so to, to both of you, um, and, and I don't know how, how similar your experience will be, probably fairly similar, but as, as we go into the middle of March, beginning of March, we start to hear some, some uh, news about this uh, pandemic that's coming. Um, how, how did that unfold for both of you, Liz? Uh, how, how did that happen for you? It was pretty shocking. And I think that 
when when March first started to come up and we started hearing calls of people, you know, beginning to work from home and you know the the government guidelines were changing. Uh, there was a lot of questions over what was going to be happening, uh, specifically because we had full calendar events happening March, April, May, June, and we were just really feeling a lot of conversations from very worried clients over the first couple of days. And then once that stay home, basically everything shut down, uh, it really turned our entire experience working in the event industry really on its head. We were no longer selling events. We were now really talking and communicating with clients almost I would say 12, 15 hours a day, just trying to figure out real time what we were going to do, but also what they could do. And no one really knew what was happening. So it was, it was pretty fast and it was, there was a lot of team communication, but primarily I would say the next, over the next two months, your main goal was to just either postpone folks or um, try to encourage them to keep their bookings late in the summer. Cause we didn't know how long this was going to be going on for mm -hmm. uh, So it, it, it really unfolded quite quickly and then and then there was really no answers and, and unfortunately we kept on having conversations with people where they would say well what do we do now and then all we could really say was we don't we don't really know all we can do is kind of you know echo back what the government guidelines are telling us and and try yeah. to uh, salvage events yeah Liz you stayed you you've stayed working though the entire time I was on the entire time yeah so we we, we started working from home after about a month. Uh, we had to cut our team down uh, by a few, uh, a few team members. And so we really went down into a skeleton crew. So my role really then encompassed not only uh, corporate sales, but also I was uh, doing the wedding inquiries as well. But we were also coordinating and canceling and refunding and postponing. So it was really kind of a jack of all trades just to ensure that, you know, we went from a team of nine to a team of three in the span of, you know, maybe a couple of hours uh, at that time. So it, it was it was pretty, it was a little hectic, I'll be honest with you. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure pretty was. happy to, to be getting back uh, to something more stable. Sure, now, and, and Sonia, how, how was the experience for you? Did you did you stay working? So I didn't stay working for the entire time. So I think it was about a three week period where I was furloughed and uh, Liz had taken over both corporate and weddings. But luckily, it was extremely short-lived, and it lasted about three weeks, I want to okay. say, exactly three weeks. And we got to come back to the office, uh, but we have since then uh, shifted to a smaller team starting, I believe, this week. But we're hoping that all of this is temporary and that we can go back to our robust team of nine, because with doing 450 events a year, uh, we do need all of us Um but yeah, I was fortunate enough to be able to come back because wedding inquiries are still hot and heavy and steady. So now, so you, you kind of, you had to furlough for three weeks back on, and then you say you're shortening your team again right now? We are, but that's more on the support staff end. So we have a venue administrator role. We have um, a team of three coordinators. We have somebody that's sort of, is our finance liaison. So we're, Steam Whistle has been really amazing in sort of placing people in other departments and just trying to minimize the impact. But uh, yes, we're no longer a team of nine. We're closer to a team of four. Okay. And, and so Liz, you, you did not, you worked the whole time. Did you, did you go into the, an office or are you working from home? I, I worked from home for up until maybe about two months ago is when I would go into the office maybe every once in a while just to start checking up on the venue, 
because my main focus was corporate events, we didn't really have, and we still don't have that many inquiries coming in. So the only yeah. real reason to go to the office would be for site visits. However, right before, and I think um, Sonia, right the day before we were told that we were going to be now working from home for the foreseeable future, uh, Sonia and I went around and uh, actually did video tours, uh, recorded video tours of ourselves. So we had some content while we were working from home uh, for wedding inquiries or for corporate inquiries that we could still show them videos of the space and, and kind of a walkthrough that we did that day. Now we're lucky enough to be able, I go into the office probably once or twice a week now, depending on what the needs are and meeting with vendors, but it's primarily we're still working remotely. Okay. And, and so Sonia, pretty much the same for you? I would say I've been going in more just because wedding inquiries had a small dip initially, but I haven't really, it's definitely not sort of pre-March levels, but we still have, I would say six or so inquiries every single day. So I find myself going in anywhere between one to four times a week, but I literally go in, we have all of these um, COVID protocols in place in terms of everyone needs to be masked. There's a health and safety sort of COVID screening questionnaire that's sent out ahead of time. There's protocols on how I greet people and bring them into the building. So I see probably about five clients a really? week uh, on an average week. And, and so you've been able to do that for the last two months? Yeah, we have been. Um, like what Liz said, initially, we focused on our video tours and photos and things like that. But as soon as government restrictions started to lift a little, and people really, I mean, they want to see the space, right? A video is a video, but they want to walk in, smell it, see it, uh, make sure it's exactly what they want before they sign on the dotted line. And I completely understand Abs that. Absolutely. It, we, we've had very minimal experience with weddings, but uh, it, it, it's obviously a much more hands-on, I mean, and there, it's, you know, a life thing that people are venturing into and, and, and they, it's a time-consuming process to take, to put together a wedding from the venue side. I know that from experience. But, but good on you. That, Definitely. Uh, and it's, and sorry, I was just going to say it's, it's a very emotional endeavor for everyone involved. So, um, and you know, most of these clients, they've never planned an event before. They're not, they're not event people. So yes, there's a lot more handholding involved, but which is what makes the experience so special. And now you would take them around, you would get them set. Is there somebody else that takes over the, uh, the details of the event or does, do you do that as well? So we're really fortunate to have a coordination team. Um, so Liz and I work on the sales perfect, portion, perfect. and then we have a, a team that we hand over to, and they detail and plan and all of okay, that. Okay, got it. So Liz, now with, with, the, with the corporate end, so things, things canceled, you're, you're dealing with clients to see when, when they're going to be able to come back, if they postpone or, or they cancel. Deposits, if, if I had an event there and I had a deposit in, and I, I, I needed to pull the plug, would I get the deposit back? So we had a lot of discussions about this and we really wanted to ensure that we were taking a very human approach to how we were approaching contracts, deposits, postponements, and really taking on the understanding that the whole world is going through this at the same time, not only our venue, other venues, clients, their suppliers. So we had a lot of regular meetings and it was really a live conversation uh, with the team and with our director to update as the government updates came out. So what I found very interesting was there's a lot of contracts with force majeure in it, but there's not a lot of people who actually get the, the right 
opportunity where that that starts to happen so we do have a force majeure clause in our contract which basically states you know just like anything else if for any reason uh, your event can't be held due to uh, circumstances that are outside of your control that that contract can be then null and void uh, and that happened with any events say that were 600 people uh, and the government was mandating that you could only have five people in the room at a time you obviously can't host that event and so there were some uh, instances where we were able to give folks their full refund. However, a main goal for us in dealing with cancellations, dealing with postponements was to retain as much of that business as we could. And then also sure. uh, work with those clients to say, hey, what we can do is let's just move you to next year. Let's move you to later in the year. So it was really a live conversation. And that's one of the reasons why even though we didn't have any events to host, we were very, very busy in those months of April, May, and June, primarily because you were on the phone, you know, maybe five, six hours a day speaking with clients, you know, going over options and really working with them to ensure that everyone had a reasonable and fair outcome given the circumstances. So a lot of our 2020 clients ended up pushing into 2021. A lot of some of our early in the year clients pushed into later in the year of this year. So it really was a case-by-case -case basis, and that's how we've approached all of uh, all of our 2020 clients, just to ensure that everyone really has that personalized piece of care, because everyone's situation is is slightly different. You know, a, a tech company has a very different set of you know parameters than a small charity fundraiser. So it was important to to really work with people individually. Sure, absolutely, good job. And Liz, up until this point, have you been able to do anything like a, a something small or something that? Uh... You know, maybe even didn't have delegates or guests coming to. Like, were you, were you able to do any events that generated revenue for you? So, it, it might be a better question for Sonia because we did actually were able to host a absolutely fantastic uh, wedding contest where we were able to host a, a beautiful ceremony for fifty guests and an outdoor dinner for ten. Um, I'll let Sonia speak to that a little bit more because it was it was her baby and her project. But from the, the corporate perspective, we really were working on developing socially distant floor plans as well as virtual events that could be used in the future. In my experience with our clients, they're not particularly interested in, in going virtual at this time. It may be something that we incorporate down the road, but to be frank, there weren't a lot of companies that were willing to take on the liability of, of hosting people either virtually or not virtually, even, even having people in the space. That, got it. Understood. So, Sonia, that's this uh, wedding contest. Can you walk us through that? That sounds very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we as a team felt really strongly about doing something for the folks that work in hospitality. It is the core of our business, and it's arguably one of the most affected industries around the world. So we wanted to do something really special. So we ran a wedding contest where we gave away a wedding valued at $60,000 to a couple one of one of the two partners had to have worked in hospitality. They had to tell us their love story. We had a little panel. Uh, we went through the submissions and we picked a winning couple. So we got to execute that on August 15th. And that was extremely fulfilling, heartwarming, just an amazing project to work on. We had 23 sponsors come on board. Health and safety was really paramount. So we had Sentinel Security there doing temperature checks and state-of-the-art screenings. They had a pre-vetting process and they had a hands-on process at the venue. We had 
masks, custom masks made for everyone. And then the partners we had were just unbelievable, like from Epic Vision being able to stream the wedding to uh, the bride's parents in South Korea, to food dudes just being so extremely generous, event rental group giving us a tent and all the beautiful furniture. We had Toronto Wedding Collective do um, florals and the planning and photography. It was a full service wedding, but just for a smaller number of people. Oh, so, okay. So 50, 50 guests came? 50 guests for the ceremony. Um, and we had people in their own bubbles. Uh, so we had chairs from a single household set in groupings of whether they were two or three or five people. And then everybody else was six feet away. So it was a socially distanced or physically distanced floor plan. But we had 50 people for the ceremony. And then we had 10 guests plus the bride and groom for dinner on a tent uh, in locomotive hall outside on the patio. So with the CN Tower as a backdrop, it was pretty spectacular. That's awesome. That's, and it, it, it's so exciting to know that you, you, you know, we pulled that off. You did it safely. And, and I think at least for the foreseeable future, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. You know, you can turn that into Liz. I don't know if you can do that corporately, but, but uh <laughs> We're going to try. <laughs> yeah, We're definitely going to try. Absolutely. So good segue into, you know, from here, Liz, what, what does the, what's the vision look like from a corporate end? Are you, are you gonna, do you think you can start doing some 50 person events? Uh, what do you foresee? I really hope we can start doing some 50 person events. It's, it's so difficult to tell right now when the market and when the client base is going to be comfortable and ready. So a big thing that we've been fo focusing on over the past couple months is really preparing for this moment for a potential phase four, for there to be more confidence in the public around coming into public spaces and into venues and, and sharing spaces with people who, from a corporate perspective, aren't necessarily in their family bubbles. So a big part of that is we've developed a whole slew of physically distant floor plans that we can show to clients and say, this is how this works in the space. We've also been working with caterers who have really great food packaging plans where instead of food stations, you get a food box and that would be delivered to your specific chair with your specific side table that's six feet distant. So there's a lot of different ways that we can really show our corporate clients that we're ready, we're prepared, and we can offer something similar to the, the experience that they wanted before, but in a very socially safe way. Uh, a big part of that is the Sentinel security, as Sonia mentioned with the, the temperature checks. It's really unclear at this point whether or not we'll, be, we'll get to that point within the next few months. I think from our perspective, what we've been feeling uh, in the community is that we're really starting to look at people being more engaged into the spring of 2021. However, we have been working with our excellent AV partner, Epic Vision, who is developing these outstanding virtual holiday packages, which is pretty exciting. So that's something that we're trying to work with right now to see if we can encourage any um, corporate clients, big companies, tech companies specifically, to engage their staff while they're still working from home through a virtual experience uh, to hold them over until our programming can really start in next year. Sure, absolutely, and and obviously all the best of luck with that, uh, Sonia. What do you, what do you think as far as uh, weddings in particular? Um, are you, you going to be able to get some more fifty person events or weddings in there? 
So to be really honest, that really hasn't been our focus. Our focus, I mean, we know a lot of venues are doing micro weddings and elopements and things like that. Um, our focus is really on the health and safety. And we find that in talking to couples, they want a 50 person wedding, but they want a 50 person wedding in a pre pandemic world. So as much as it, it just it feels a little bit like they want to skirt the rules, because at the end of the day, they want that first dance, they want that cocktail hour, they want things that are not deliverable at this time. So we're putting health and safety first. And we're not doing anything that would be considered by us to be risky. Mm -hmm. So we haven't really created packages and really gone after that market. I mean, the longer the pandemic goes on and the more used to measures people get, that may shift. But for now, we're playing it safe. We're really, really fortunate that we have a national premium beer brand behind us. So we are able to sort of uh, take a measured approach um, because things at the brewery are going sure. well. But we are doing, uh, we're doing the pop-up chapel uh, as sponsors with Love by Lindsay in November, which is again, like 40 person intimate wedding ceremony, one hour cocktail reception, which is not going to be a cocktail. It'll be whatever the government guidelines permit us to do at that time. But I'm really, really hopeful on the wedding side. We've only had maybe 10% of weddings cancel, but everyone else has just postponed and looking forward to hosting next year so we've been really fortunate in that way and we're booking into 2022 right now for weddings so so there, there have been, um, i'm optimistic absolutely absolutely but there, there have been a fair amount of couples that have uh said you know what we, okay we're not going to do it in 2020 we'll postpone for a year absolutely i would say 90 percent of our clients we even went to our clients and said do you want a intimate wedding package would you be interested in having a wedding with 40 people or 20 people or whatever the guidelines were and most of them came back and said no and if we do it then we'd still want our big wedding next year or the year after so we've we've actually had people hold firm which has been great very very interesting liz what when do you think or will we Will we ever get back to what we were pre-pandemic in a you know full capacity live events? Do you think we'll ever see that? Oh, that's such a difficult question. Um, yes. <laughs> my heart says yes. I, I think that there's a real, I think there's going to be a, a bit of a change. I don't think that there will be any kind of return to pre-COVID normal for a long time. That doesn't mean that I don't think that we won't host big events. That doesn't mean that I don't think that we won't have amazing experiences and uh, really thoughtful event experiences for, for guests. I think that things like temperature checks, I think things like pre-COVID screenings, I think there's going to be a lot more thoughtfulness into how, how food is served, how people engage with each other. If you check in with a, an e-ticket before you even hit the front door, I, I'm imagining that a video component or some kind of virtual engagement is going to be pretty standard among most events going through 2021 and beyond, because at the end of the day, it really is up to the individual's comfortability with being in public and, and being in close spaces. And it's our job to show them how we can do that safely. You know, I don't think that there's any magic date or magic time or magic number. I do think that it's going to ebb and flow. It's going to come back slowly. I think you'll see a lot of outdoor events uh, really pushing for the spring. People feel much more comfortable outside. I also feel that 
if we can really start to have the general public be comfortable with masking indoors, where it just becomes a normalized thing, that's when you're going to really start to see the event experience escalate because you, you will be able to get more folks inside because more folks will be just blatantly comfortable with wearing masks indoors and it'll be uh, so much more, you know, in their, in their normal life time to be uh, socially distant and, and kind of conscious of their space. So the, the hope is 2021 in the spring. That's my personal uh, feeling for it. And I, I think that we'll see in the summer of next year and, and maybe the year after getting back to those big indoor events that we're, we're so used to hosting and planning. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, to, to both of you, it sounds like you have a, a very cool, unique, uh, you got a lot of things going on there. Um, I'll look forward to the time when we're, we're, we're through this, when I'm going to call you both up and say, Hey, you know, can I come over and check out your space? And then you can come over and check out ours and, and compare notes. I'll look forward to that, but thank you to both of you. All the very best to both of you as well. Your families uh, stay safe, stay healthy. And, and I'll look forward to seeing you on the other side. Thank you so much, Scott. It's been a real pleasure. So thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thank you, Scott. And we hope you'll come down for a beer when you can, and we can give you a, a, a good tour. Uh, okay. Now that you threw in a beer, I will be down there. Yeah, that always works. <laughs> All right. You guys take care. Cheers, you thanks. too. Bye-bye. While our doors are closed for the moment, we certainly still are working into the future. If you need anything, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at scott.north at tolive.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot N-O-R-T-H at T-O-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you very much for listening.